in this millennium, as well as a kingdom building church in two communities. Uh, let me also say if you're here and you are in need of salvation or church membership, utilize that form that's in front of you behind that pew. Fill it out. Afterwards, you can put it in an offering basket, give it to an usher or the person at the front desk, and we will promptly as possible uh, get to you and minister to you according to your need. On today, you want to be prepared to go to John chapter 5 and see what the Lord is going to say to us there. Now, my brothers and my sisters, I believe we're here for a purpose. And that is to worship God Almighty. Amen. Let's give God our very best worship. Minister Dion and these singers are going to come and minister to us in song. And then I'll return with a word from the Lord. John chapter 5. Good morning, St. John. This is a day that the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise this morning. Hallelujah. 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 But we know that God is able. I mean, you know that God is able. God is able. He can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, 
Someone help us say it one more time. Oh, God, God, say what to do. Just what he said he would do. He's going to fulfill every promise. Don't give up on God. Because he won't give up on He's able. Just that kind of God. Oh, God. Just what he said he would do. He's going to fulfill. Don't give up on God. Because he won't give up on He's able. Yes, he is. He's able. Yes, he is. Oh, God, you're so good. You're so worthy to be praised. Oh, 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 he's able. Cause he won't give up on you Give up on God Don't give up on God Don't give up on God Cause he won't give up on you Don't give up on God Cause he won't give up on you
be worthy of all our praise. Come on, if we can just wave our hands and worship the Lord. Hallelujah. You're so worthy, God. You are, you are worthy of my praise. You are worthy of my praise.
Hey, everybody, this is Brother Kevin B. Hall, Jr. Listen, I'm outside. They are inside, but we are worshiping, and we are enjoying ourselves here today, and I hope you're being blessed by the music ministry that has gone forward. Before we go forward, I need you to do one thing. If you're on Facebook, hit the share button. Spread the word. Let everybody know where you're at online and what you're doing and where you're worshiping. If you're on YouTube, do one thing. Hit the subscribe button. Why? Because we want to make sure that you are kept in the loop of what's happening here at St. John. Now, listen. It's time to get to the Word, okay? Are you ready? I know I'm ready. Let's give God some praise for the Word of God being brought forth by our very own Pastor Kevin B. Hall. Be blessed. Hey, everybody. This is Brother I Kevin B. Hall, so Jr. As many fond memories of my beloved mother who is in glory. When I became the pastor of this church, Every Monday, which was my off day, I used to drive to San Francisco, where she lived, to have a talk with her in person. This is not to mention the frequent talks I had on the phone with her throughout the week. We would talk each Monday at about noon. It was her request that I would not arrive until noon or after because at 11 o'clock she wanted to watch The Young and the Restless. I really enjoyed and missed having a talk with my mother in person every Monday. Having a talk with my mother was great. But stay with me. But having a talk with Jesus is even greater. Today we are embarking on part four of our sermonic series entitled, A Talk with Jesus. In part one, we highlighted Nicodemus who had a talk with Jesus about being born again, which is recorded in John chapter three, verses one through 21. In part two, we highlighted the Samaritan woman who had a talk with Jesus, which is recorded in John chapter four, verses one through 42. In part three, last Sunday, we highlighted the nobleman who had a talk with Jesus about healing his son, which is recorded in John chapter four, verses 43 through 54. Today we are highlighting in part four, the man at the pool of Bethesda who had a talk with Jesus about being made whole, which is recorded in John chapter five, verses one through 16. In your Bible, let's take a journey 
through John chapter 5, verses 1 through 16. In verse 1, you will notice that there was a particular feast. Many believe it was the, peace, the feast of the Passover, even though there were two other feasts that are possibilities, the Feast of Pentecost or the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of the Jews, the Bible says, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Uh, in verse 2, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep gate or the sheep market. And I say sheep gate because uh, the sheep market was also known as the sheep gate. It was a gate that the sheep were taken through for sacrifice. The Bible says there was a pool. Uh, the pool was probably a small lake or maybe even something smaller which we would call a pond. And it was called in the Hebrew tongue, uh, uh, the Hebrew language, Bethesda. Uh, Bethesda, for those of you who are taking notes, means the house of mercy. Bethesda was known for restoring the sick. It had five porches which were covered places utilized as protection from the sun when it was hot. And uh, the water when it was raining. Uh, the five porches were also used, as we see in our text, uh, as shelters for the sick. Can I teach up in here? In verse 3, you will notice in your Bible that a great multitude assembled uh, this multitude consisted of impotent folk, meaning sick people, blind folk, halt, meaning lame folk, withered folk, who were waiting for the moving of the water. Uh, in the King James Version, uh, verse Four happens to be about an angel. Uh, the Jews ascribed God's angel as being utilized in a case like this for healing. Uh, the Bible says in verse 4, if you're reading it from a King James Version, that uh, the angel went down at a certain season into the pool 
And that angel would trouble the water. And whoever, the Bible said, whosoever then first, uh, meaning the first one or the first ones, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole, was healed of whatever disease that person had. Uh, be mindful that uh, verse 4 is excluded from many uh, ancient manuscripts and believed to be interpolated inserted by others, which is the reason why some of you who are not reading from a King James Version do not have verse 4 as I just read it. Can I teach up in here? It's in verse 5 uh, where we learn that among this crowd was a certain man who had an infirmity, uh, who had a weakness, who had uh, an illness uh, who had a disease. He was known as being invalid. And I want you to notice in your Bible that uh, his infirmity was for 38 years. Uh, many make the mistake by saying he was at the pool for 38 years. Uh, the Bible does not say he was at the pool for 38 years. The Bible says he had an infirmity for 38 years. Uh, we really do not know how many years he visited this pool. Are y'all listening to me? Uh, in verse 6, we learn that Jesus saw the man. And I think this can be very encouraging to somebody right now because uh, amid all that you're going through, be mindful that uh, Jesus uh, is looking after you. I, I do need to do some teaching, but if I'm not careful, I could get happy right now by <laughs> saying his eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches over me I sing <laughs> I better leave that alone uh, the Bible says that uh, Jesus saw him lie and uh, he knew which denotes the omniscience of Christ omniscience means that he knows everything. He knew how long this man had been ill. And Jesus asked the man uh, an interesting question. Some might would say it's uh, such an obvious question, but you know, Jesus always had uh, a reason for saying or doing whatever he said or did. Uh, the Bible says in the King James Version, he asks, wilt thou be made whole? And, and I, I really appreciate the translation, especially in this case of the King James Version, when it utilizes the word wilt. 
Because the word wilt derives from the Greek word thalo, which means will, but it also means want. It also means wish. It also means desire. So when Jesus asked the man, wilt thou be made whole, he was basically asking, do you have a will to be made whole? Uh, he, he was asking him, do you want to be made whole? Do you wish to be made whole? Do you desire to be made whole? Uh, for those of you taking notes here, as well as um, viewing us through live streaming, uh, uh, you might want to take note of this definition. Uh, the will of individuals is a desire or determination to do something. And I realize that word will can be uh, defined with many more words, but I think what I just share with you is a a good working definition, uh, the will of individuals. I'm not talking about a living trust. Help me, somebody. Uh, but the will, uh, that will that Jesus is talking about when he said, wilt thou, do you have a will? Well, the will of individuals uh, is a desire or determination to do something, which suggests that some people uh, are not doing anything because they don't have a desire or determination. They lack the will to do it. Can I teach up in here? Why did Jesus ask him, wilt thou be made whole? I mean, it's obvious the man wants to be made whole. He's at the place where he, where people are being made whole. Why would Jesus ask him, wilt thou be made whole? Uh, Jesus recognized that there are some people who would rather be afflicted than not afflicted. And that sounds preposterous. That sounds uh, absurd to many of us, but You'd be surprised how there are some people who enjoy the benefits of affliction. And when I say the benefits of affliction, uh, they enjoy those benefits so much that uh, they will even fabricate saying that they are afflicted when they're not afflicted. The benefits, for example, might be uh, uh, receiving attention while sick that they would not receive if they were not sick. <laughs> oh, y'all listen to me. Re receiving uh, pity while sick that they might not receive uh, if not sick. Uh, uh, receiving attention, receiving some type of sympathy while sick that they wouldn't receive if not sick. These are needy individuals who will do anything just for some attention. Come on, put some hands together. 
In verse 7, are y'all going to let me teach in here? The impotent man answered, and he says, Sir, I don't have anybody because every time the water is troubled, uh, uh, I have nobody to put me into the pool. Uh, when, I, when I'm coming, uh, there's another who steps down before me. I just can't get there soon enough or fast enough. Uh, Jesus did not waste time with the man's reasons uh, uh, for not being able to get into the water. Jesus just said to him in verse 8, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Uh, Jesus told the man to do something that the man had not been able to do for 38 years. He's telling him to get up. He's telling him, to, uh, when you get up, I want you to even take the bed that you're lying on uh, and you're going to carry it and then you're going to walk. And Jesus told the man to do all of this because uh, this would be proof of his healing. Uh, you hear this, my beloved. Uh, rise, take up, and walk are in the Greek imperative mode, uh, which means that when we read this passage in its original language, uh, Jesus uh, commanded this man to do this, and he commanded him to do it with authority. It's in verse 9. I'm trying to get somewhere. The Bible says, and immediately the man was made whole. Look at that person next to you and just say, he's a right now God. The man did what Jesus told him. He took his bed. He walked. And, uh, but here's the problem for the Jews. It happened on the Sabbath day. Uh, verse 10, the Jews, they saw what happened. They saw this man was cured, uh, and they, they, they were more uh, bothered by when it happened than they should have been because they should have been rejoicing uh, that the man has been healed, uh, but they got distracted with when it happened, which was on the Sabbath day, and they told the man, you're not supposed to be carrying a bed uh, for in those days to carry a bed or anything like like it on the Sabbath was forbidden in the Old Testament. And some of us, uh, you know, Sunday is the Christian Sabbath. Uh, uh, some of us uh, have that training in us to this day. For example, uh, I'm, I'm uncomfortable trying to wash a car on Sunday. I'm uncomfortable uh, uh, doing anything on Sunday that I'm supposed to. I could have done another day. Uh, hear this. This is old school. I, I even try to get my clothes prepared on Saturday before Sunday. Come on and talk back to me, somebody. Uh, yes, uh, Jesus, we do have to remember, he, he was Lord of the Sabbath. Uh, yes, uh, so, so we see where he answered in verse 11 that he that made me whole, he told me to do this. And they asked him, who is this he? Who is this man that's violating the, the Sabbath day by telling you to take up your bed and walk? And the man said in verse 13, well, uh, uh, the man that healed me, I, I really do not know him. I didn't get a chance to uh, talk to him any further than what he did for me. 
And he said, and he, he conveyed himself away, meaning he slipped away into the crowd. And in verse 14, it says, afterwards, Jesus found the man in the temple. And the Bible says, he that was healed wist not, meaning, uh, uh, are y'all still with me? In verse 13, the man knew not that it was Jesus because he slipped away. But in verse 14, Jesus found him in the temple. Uh, the temple is a good place to go after being healed. <laughs> the, the Lord's house is a good place to hang out after being saved. Uh, uh, hear this. Uh, people like David who are born again want to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of our lives. There's just something about the temple. And, and, and I'm looking at those of you in here right now. Despite this uh, pandemic, you, you are here not because you're foolish, not because of disbelief, but, but you're here because you just can't stay away here from the Lord's house. <laughs> and, and that's what David was saying in that 23rd number psalm when he said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. When the Lord has done something good for you, you just cannot stay away from the Lord's house. I'm looking at individuals who got who, who went who drove a great distance from Clear Lake. I'm, I'm seeing a couple that took a train from Merced to get here. Just can't stay away from the Lord's house. Are y'all listening to me here? It's in the B portion of verse 34 where it says, Behold, thou art made whole. Jesus is talking to me and he said, Now you sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon thee. And that's interesting because when I look at the B portion of verse 14, it implies that his sickness was the punishment for a sin or sins. He committed at least 38 years prior to being healed. We must recognize that there are consequences to sin. I mean, Paul said, for the wages of sin is death. We must recognize that even though we are saved, uh, amen, when we sin, there are consequences. And here this, our sins will find us out. You know, sometimes uh, the Lord might get us later and we thought we got by. Some of us remember the way our parents used to get us when they whoop us. And, and, and then when I whooping us, they said, now this one here is for that other time. Talk back to me, somebody. Jesus, Jesus told the man, you, 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 you need to get your act together because whatever caused you, the problem that got you into this mess, if you go back to it, something worse is going to happen. Something worse can happen if we return to our sins after being healed or delivered. Somebody come on and put some hands together. I'm trying to work my way down to verse 16. In verse 15, are y'all with me still? Uh, the man, he departed, and, and he told the Jews uh, that it was Jesus. 
Earlier they asked him, who is it? And he didn't know. But after having another encounter with Jesus, and the second encounter was when Jesus found the man at, in the temple. The first encounter is when Jesus found the man at the pool. But the second encounter is when he found him at the temple. Are y'all listening to me? Uh, the man got a chance that time to uh, get more acquainted with Jesus and to learn his name. The Bible says uh, in verse 16, are y'all still with me? Uh, it says, and therefore the Jews then began to persecute, meaning oppose Jesus. They, they even looked for opportunities to slay him because of what Jesus did for the man on the Sabbath day. I really need to move into some areas of transition but, uh, uh, or application, but I can't do that unless you uh, uh, have understood what I've said so far. If you've understood the journey from verses 1 through 16, go ahead and show it by giving God a big hand of praise. Let me say in summation, uh, Jesus taught this man. I want you all to hear me good. At the pool of Bethesda, uh, catch me, that he must will it in order to have it. And I, I need y'all to stay with me because when somebody asks you what did the pastor mean by will it, you, first of all, you need to make, them make, make sure they understand I'm not talking about something like a living trust. When I say about will it, meaning have the will to do it. And there's some things we will never have if we don't have the will to do it. So Jesus taught this man, you have to will it in order to have it. The same lesson applies to us today. We must will it in order to have it. That's the key idea for this message today. Everybody repeat those words. We must will it in order to have it. And for those of you taking notes, uh, just put some quotation marks around will it. Amen. And remember, will it means having the will to do it. One more time, everybody repeat. We must will it in order to have it. If you understand what I'm talking about, go ahead and again show it by giving God a hand of praise. Now, now the it, no, that's a pronoun, that it, in the case of the man at the pool, meant healing. Uh, it, it, this meant that he had to have a will to be healed in order to be healed. The it in your case might be something else. Now, remember, the will of individuals is a desire or determination to do something. Well, briefly, Pastor, what are the requirements for our will to be effective? First of all, our will must be sincere. All over the sanctuary, especially in the balcony, I need some volume. Everybody just shout out, sincere. All right. Our will must be sincere. So much deceit is prevalent in this world. The United States is supposed to be the greatest country in the world, but we cannot trust our own government. 
A lot of our elected officials are full of deceit. Even worse, and this is going to hit home, we cannot even trust a lot of our ecclesiastical officials. I'm talking about church leaders. Because a lot of us are full of deceit. Since we live in a world full of deceit, sincerity is an attraction. In a relationship, for example, if you have a mate and your mate is sincere, you have a keeper. Look at your neighbor and just say, that means don't let him or her go. <laughs> a sincere mate, hear this young people, has more value than a good looking mate. I think some of us have learned that all that glitters is not gold. <sighs> Y'all don't want to hear this kind of preaching today. Uh, uh, this is true because a lot of people are good looking but a lot of people are not sincere sincere people are a rarity in life our will needs to be sincere. Remember, the will of individuals is a desire or determination to do something. This means our desire or determination to do something has to be sincere. The man at the pool of Bethesda was healed because his will to be made whole was sincere. You and I can have whatever we are pursuing in life that is according, catch this clause, <laughs> to God's will <laughs> if our will is sincere. In short, we can have it if we will it sincerely. I need to go to the second segment, but if, you, if you've understood me so far, come on, put some hands together. That's y'all's way of communicating with me. You know, you, y'all got on mass, so I can't hear you like I want to, so you got to show me some other ways that y'all understand what I'm saying. Secondly, our will must be strong. Everybody say strong. Sincerity is an attraction. Yes, yeah, sincerity is an attraction. But strength is also an attraction, teach pastor. Most followers desire a strong leader. Here it is, ladies. Most women, even strong-willed women, desire a strong man. Most women do not want a weak man. She might try you. And put you to test. But deep down. She needs a rock in her life. Talk back to me women. 
I am not talking about physical strength. I am talking mainly about character and will. Remember, the will of individuals is a desire or determination to do something. People who have a strong will tend not to vacillate even when the going gets tough. People who have a strong will put mind over matter. They are focused individuals. The man at the pool of Bethesda had a strong will to be healed. Catch me. Though he was chronically ill with an affliction for 38 years, he had a strong will to experience a better life. Anybody got a will to experience a better life? He could have easily given up after failing in the past to enter the water among the first to be healed, the man obviously had a strong will because he kept returning despite all the odds that were against him. Having a strong will is necessary in order to do anything extraordinary. If you are trying to do what exceeds what you or others have done, you have to have a strong will. A strong will is imperative because people and problems can cause discouragement. Believers with a strong will encourage themselves in the Lord. People who have a strong will do not have to be stroked uh, by everybody. People who have a strong will know how to stroke themselves. Uh, people who have a strong will encourage themselves in the Lord with scriptures such as Philippians 4.13, uh, which says, I can do all things uh, through Christ uh, which strengthens me. Somebody come on and talk back to me. My beloved, we can have whatever. Somebody say, whatever, whatever is according to God's will if we have a strong will. I need to go into that third segment, but show me by the clapping of your hands if you're understanding what I'm saying. Thirdly, our will must be spiritual. Everybody say spiritual. People who are born of the Spirit are governed by the Spirit. Look at your neighbor and say the Holy Ghost. People who are governed by the Spirit are spiritual. Every aspect uh, is spiritual of people who are spiritual. This means that a person cannot be spiritual if not all the way spiritual. Each faculty of a a spiritual person's being is spiritual. Are y'all listening to me? The will of a person is a major faculty of a person's being. Remember, the will of individuals is a desire or determination to do something. In regards to believers, if you are a believer, look at just some. Look at somebody and just say, "I'm a believer." Well, in regards to believers, uh, our desire and determination to do something is spiritual. 
It is spiritual because our thoughts uh, emanate from God's thoughts. Uh, our ways emanate from God's ways. Uh, our will becomes spiritual when we submit to God's will. Uh, like Jesus when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, uh, our prayer to God should be, uh, nevertheless, uh, not my will, uh, but thy will uh, be done. Teach, Pastor, the man at the pool of Bethesda uh, had a will that was spiritual. He had a spiritual determination to be healed. Uh, even before he encountered Jesus, uh, he was at the pool where an angel was believed to be healing the ones who entered first. Uh, my beloved, our will has to be spiritual to have, catch this, top shelf items. You know when you have different shells, uh, that top shelf can be the most difficult to reach. Are y'all listening to me? Well, hear this. Every item on the top shelf uh, is not for us. Only certain items on the top shelf is for us. To know which items on the top shelf are for us requires spiritual discernment. Once we have spiritually discerned what is according to God's will, then we can have it if we will it spiritually. I'm losing my voice, but I, so I need to go ahead and conclude. Uh, if you've understood what I've said so far, go ahead and show it by uh, giving God a big hand of praise. Let's conclude together. Today's message is entitled, A Talk with Jesus. Everybody repeat those words, A Talk with Jesus. I need somebody in the balcony to shout out, A Talk with Jesus. This is part four. Our sermonic text is recorded in John chapter five, verses one through 16. Our key idea states, we must will it in order to have it. Will you help me say it? Everybody repeat, we must will it in order to have it. If you agree with me, go ahead and show it by giving God another hand of praise. Uh, we discussed three requirements for our will to be effective. One, uh, our will must be sincere. Two, our will must be strong. And three, our will must be spiritual. I need y'all to throw them back at me right now. Number one, our will must be what? Yeah. Number two, our will must be what? Oh. And number three, our will must be what? Yeah. Come on and put some hands together. Y'all are really good. In our text, a man at the pool of Bethesda was healed because his will was sincere. His will was strong. And his will was spiritual. John chapter 5 verses 1 through 16 is about an omnipotent man who healed an impotent man. Are y'all listening to somebody? Of course, the omnipotent man. Look at somebody and say, he's talking about Jesus. And then the impotent man was uh, the invalid. This impotent man was healed because uh, 
he had a talk with Jesus. My brothers and sisters, many times he left the pool perhaps worse than he came. But this time, somebody say this time. I need y'all to shout it out this time. He left better off than ever. And that's what church is all about. When we come here, we should leave better off than what we came. Come on and help me somebody. Uh, he was healed uh, not because of an angel. He was healed not because uh, someone else helped him. He was healed uh, not because uh, um, the water was troubled. Uh, he was healed because uh, he had a talk with Jesus. Thank God uh, he talked to the right man. I said thank God. Oh, my brothers and sisters, there's nothing wrong with thanking God. Fact of matter, when I woke up early this morning, I thanked the Lord. I wonder, is there anybody else in here? Before you got here, you had to thank the Lord. I thanked him for how he watched over me last night. I thanked him for how he woke me up early this morning. I thank him for how he kept me from hurt, harm, and danger. Anybody know anything about thanking the Lord? Have you ever thanked him for how he brought you from a mighty long way? Have you ever thanked him for how he picked you up? Come on now, when you were down. So I'm saying right now, thank God. He had a talk with the right man. Too often, brothers and sisters, when we have problems, uh, we talk to the wrong man. But thank God, he had a talk with the right man. Some uh, of us are perhaps still entangled or messed up because we have failed to talk to the right man. Somebody in here can't even say man. And it's not because uh, of the mask you're wearing. But you cannot say man because you have yet to have a talk with the right man. Uh, the right man is Jesus. Look at somebody right now and just say, oh, it is Jesus. Uh, Isaiah prophesied that his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, and uh, the Prince of Peace. He is the right man, for he was in the beginning. He was with God, and uh, he was God. He is uh, the right man, for he was born in Bethlehem. To a virgin by the name of Mary, he is the right man. For he was baptized by John the Baptist. And I heard God say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He is the right man. For he died on a hill called Calvary. Uh, one Friday, uh, uh, he is uh, 
the right man for he was buried in a borrowed tomb for three days and three nights he is the right man for he got up early one Sunday morning with all power in heaven and in earth ain't gone good today thank God the man at the pool talk to the right man talking to the right man will make everything alright if you need something to happen in your life you got to talk to the right man do I have a witness in here is there anybody that needs something to happen is there anybody that needs God to move. Uh, show me by putting some hands together. A little boy one day was trying to move something heavy. Uh, he pulled and he pushed. Come on, do that with me. He pulled uh, and he pushed. Do it again. Uh, he pulled uh, and he pushed. Struggling uh, with all his might, uh, he even tried to move it uh, with the leverage from a board, uh, but he still was not able uh, to get it to move. Uh, are y'all listening to me? Uh, his father asked him, uh, he said, son, have you used uh, all of your resources? Uh, somebody in heaven, uh, you've tried everything, uh, but the question on the floor, uh, have you used all of your resources? Uh, the boy says, yes, dad, uh, I've tried everything, uh, and I just can't get it to move. Uh, the father said, no, you have not, you have not tried everything because I know you have yet to ask me, your daddy, to help you out. The right man is waiting for somebody just to ask him if you need something heavy in your life to be moved. The right man is waiting on you to ask him to just help you out. All you have to do is ask him to help you comfort, strengthen, and keep you. He I said he is, uh, uh, he's willing uh, to aid you, uh, but he will uh, carry you through. Uh, oh, yes, he will. Uh, is there anybody up 
in hand that knows the right man. You may not know the president. You may not know the vice president. You may not know the governor. You may not know the senator. You may not know the mayor. But you know somebody if you know the right man. He's a healing body up in heaven that knows something about the right man. Who in heaven is alive today because you talked with the right man. Who in heaven is no longer the same because you talked with the right man. Who in heaven has been born again because you talked with the right man. Who in heaven has been healed because you talked with the right man. Who in heaven has been delivered because you talked with the right man. Who in heaven has been blessed because you talked to the right man. Look at somebody and say, neighbor, I am blessed because I had a talk with the right man. Look at somebody else and look at that neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm doing all right because I had a talk with Jesus. I got the clothes up in here, but let me testify, if y'all don't mind, let me just tell you, over a year ago, I was not doing well, over a year ago, I became ill, but right now, I'm not like that, fact of the matter, I'm better now than what I was before. My life is so much better because I had a talk with Jesus. Ain't God alright? I've discovered that a talk with Jesus will make everything alright if you want it to be be alright. You got to have a talk with Jesus. He will. I got to leave y'all alone. I said he will. He will make it alright. Won't he do it? Anybody up in heaven know that he will. Enough do it. He may not come when you want him to, but he's always right on time. 
Ain't God alright? He will. I said he will. He will. Sure enough to it. Won't God. I said won't God. Won't God. Won't it do it. Who in hell. No he will. Won't God. Yeah. It's a prayer. Ain't he alright. If he's alright. Wave your hand. If he's alright. Stand on your feet. If he's alright. Shout for joy. Say yeah. I say yeah, I say yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yes he will, somebody say yes he will, yes he will, yeah, yeah, yeah. of your goodness. Save the unsaved. Inspire those who need a church home. Bless everyone under the sound of my voice. Whether here in person or elsewhere, viewing by way of live streaming or listening by way of podcast. Bless. And Lord, when we bring to you our tithes and offerings, pray that they be acceptable in thy sight. In our departure, let your spirit rest, rule, and abide with us all. Henceforth and forevermore. We say, man, eyes are still closed. If you are not saved, or if you are saved and need a church home, fill out that form. Form is behind that pew in front of you. Fill it out. Those of you watching online, fill it out. Submit it electronically. We'll get back to you as promptly as possible. If you're not saved, but want to be saved, if you are saved, I need a church home. 
eyes are open. If you were blessed in this worship, go ahead and bless God. Very quickly, clean the surroundings, your surroundings. Still adhering to our safety protocol, social distancing, no congregating afterwards. Continue to wear your mask. Now hear this, everybody. I know in this county, as of November the 1st, we've been told that people who are vaccinated do not have to wear a mask indoors as long as the total amount of people does not exceed 100 people. Now hear this, everyone. Not that we are breaking a law, because the law does not say that we cannot wear a mask. So I need everybody to be cooperative. We got, a lot of, we got a lot of elderly people here also. I'm going to ask that even when the mask mandate has been lifted, that you still come here with your mask on. Come on now, come on, come on here with your mask on. We're not in a position to be screening people and finding out who's vaccinated and who's not. Amen. That would require us to do all of that, and I'm not going to get into all of that. So what we can do, so I don't have to get into who's vaccinated, who's not, just all of us, let's keep doing like we're doing. Let's wear our masks. Come on now. Come on, come on. Okay? Wonderful. You're a wonderful congregation. Wonderful congregation. This is our church anniversary month. I'm encouraging everybody to continue to share with others about what's going on here. We want to build our virtual ministry. The Lord has blessed this church to be in ministry for 78 years. Put hands together on that. That's beautiful. 78 years. Now listen to this. I know I acknowledge a special recognition to two individuals who were very deserving. Allow me to just stop at that point because there's so many who's deserving and those two are in a league all by themselves. I keep going. Some of you sitting there could say, I deserve it just as much as that person. That's true. So I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. In sports, they have what they call Fan Appreciation Day. Instead of me calling an individual to the platform, I want to say to each of you, this is St. John Member Appreciation Day. All of you are wonderful. Amen. Everybody here is appreciated. All right. Now, with that also, church anniversary, asking everybody to give a dollar per year, which is $78. That's in addition to our regular tithes and offerings, or you can round that off or give more. If you can't do that, do what you can. But everybody, let's, let's do this. Um, our building project is still alive. In fact, let me say this. I've been in conversation with the architect. It's moving. We're very close right now to the permit being granted. Come on, say amen on that. Yes, it's been a long process. We're very close. All right. So we need to continue to give. And those of you watching me online, you're wonderful people. Amen. You are a virtual audience. And I love you. I'm still your pastor. Do what you can to support our church. Let's all give, because right now our total giving is about 80% of what it used to be before the pandemic. We need to get it back up, and I want to lead you into this building project. 
where one, once that Family Life Center is built, I don't want you having any debt. I don't want to have, amen, everybody? I, I, amen, but it can only happen if all of us give. Now, someone's supposed to come with a, a brief one-minute presentation. All right. Yes, this is wonderful. I know that lady. <laughs> I knew him before he knew him. Good morning, St. John. I stand before you this morning to just briefly tell you how much I love St. John. And the method that I chose to do it is by using the first initials of St. John. So I love St. John because S, St. John makes me feel special. Every time I come through the door, you know, there are people at the door greeting you, then I'm ushered to my seat like I'm a Michelle Obama or somebody. I just love St. John, it just makes me feel so special. And then it prepares me for the T, teaching and training that we get here. St. John has, the teaching and training is bar none here. From the pulpit and the classrooms, which are virtually now, the teaching just cannot be, be beat. And because of the teaching and training, I receive such J, joy, <laughs> while I'm at St. John. I just received the overwhelming joy that the Bible talks about that joy, you know, just bubbling up in you. And that St. John does that for me. It gives me that joy. And because of that, you know, when the pastor is preaching like he just did today, all I can think is, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, that man preached. He stands before us and he preaches and when the Holy Spirit gets the moving in him and he gets the backing up from that pulpit and, you know, all I can think is here, right here now, we're going to have H. Hallelujah, good time. We're going to have some fun right here in the Lord. We're going to sing, we're going to shout, we're going to run the aisles, we're going to jump, and we're going to do whatever the Holy Spirit is moving us to do. And the best thing about it is St. John is in two in neighborhoods. We, I can worship in two different, two different neighborhoods, and for this I have to read. Uh, St. John has two sanctuaries in Richmond, California, where our beloved pastor, Dr. Kevin B. Hall, brings the unadulterated word of God in two services every Sunday in two neighborhoods. First is the 9 a.m. service over at our North Campus, located at 29th 8th Street, and then over again here at our uh, South Campus at 11 o'clock, located at 662 South 52nd Street. So with that all being said, these and many, 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 many more reasons are why I love St. John. I love you all. Thank you. Amen. Well said. Amen. Well said. Each week, in our, each week this month, um, we have somebody who come up and share one minute presentation of why they love St. John. So hear this. I know I've been trying to dismiss you in about an hour and 15 minutes. This month, we'll go over about 10 minutes or so, just with our highlights for the church anniversary. And I think we can, you can give me an extra 10 or so minutes rather than me asking you to come back three o'clock on for Sunday. All right. All right. Bless you. Come on, please, deacons. Well, were you blessed in our worship here today? <laughs> tell you what we're going to do if God be willing part five on next Sunday Amen. part five on next Sunday okay yes sir and the ushers are still the
I hope that you have been blessed by the word that went forth today. And listen, without your support, we can't do what we're doing here. And so let me tell you a little bit about tithes and offering. And it's here in this scripture, Malachi 3, 8, and 9. And it says, Will a man rob God, yet ye have robbed me? But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee in tithes and offering? Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Now let me take it a step further. And it says in verse 10, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. That's what the word says. So we encourage you to continue giving to St. John. Now listen, there's various ways that you can give. One, you can give in person during our worship celebrations. Two, you can mail or drop off at the South Campus or our, our administration building. Three, you can give online. Now listen, you can find more information about where those locations are by visiting our website. Um, in the meantime, we thank you for joining us today. We hope that you were blessed and we hope that you will have a blessed week in the Lord.